and then we're going to vote later on these two scenarios. We'll give you two scenarios, and you have three voting options. Either I'm a hypocrite in situation one, I can be a hypocrite in situation two, or I can be a hypocrite in both. So one, two, or both. So I'm going to give you two scenarios, and we're going to come back in a few minutes. I, I chose Les and Ashley as people to pick on just because they're easy and they don't get their feelings hurt. So uh, let's say today, I'm not going to do this, but let's say today I did a deal on lying. And so I spent the next 25 minutes talking about lying is a sin and it undermines relationships and it's abomination to the Lord and all of these things about lying. And so by the time I'm done, you know lying is bad. You don't do that as a Christian. Les comes up to me at the end of the service and says, hey, I'd like to get together with you um, this week. Do you have time on Tuesday for lunch? In my mind, I'm thinking... I don't want to eat with you. He chews with his mouth open. So I don't want to... He doesn't, but I'm just saying. He, I don't want to eat with them because it's going to be gross. So what I say is, Les, I'm, I'm, I'm busy for lunch on Tuesday. Maybe we can get together some other time that doesn't involve a meal. So that's what I say to Les. And then he, I forget about it. He goes home. The next day, Ashley, his wife, who's a teacher... Uh, they're off on Tuesday, I think, right, for elections. So she calls me tomorrow, and she says, hey, i got some things I want to talk to you about. Are you free on Tuesday? I'm not, I don't have to go to school. And I look at my calendar, and it's open. I say, yeah, I'm wide open all day. What do you want to do? And she says, what about lunch? And I say, sure, I don't have anything for lunch. And so she comes, and or we set up this appointment. And then at dinner on Monday night, Les and Ashley are having dinner, and Les says, Ashley, what are you going to do for your time off? What are you going to do for your day off? And she says, well, I've got some errands I'm going to run. But then I'm going to run by the church and talk to David. There are a few things I want to talk to him about. And Les says, oh, when are you going to do that? And she says, around lunchtime. That's situation one. The question is, am I a hypocrite? Situation two. Again, I'm just going to use them. Let's say uh, I'm married, and obviously Ashley's married, but let's pretend we're not for the sake of illustration. So I see Ashley up here singing, and I'm thinking, hmm, maybe, maybe, maybe. I want to get close to her in some way. And so I do some research, some intelligence gathering, and I figure out, there's several things that Ashley likes. She likes to crochet portraits of family pets. She's a triathlons in Young Life. Young Life is an evangelistic ministry to students. Um, it's based in the community, not really based in any church. Those are the three things she likes. I don't crochet. I'm not about to start triathlons, so I figure Young Life is my only shot. I find out that she's working out of Lassiter High School, and so I... I figure out how to volunteer for that club. And when I volunteer, I go all the way in. My face is painted purple and gold, or purple and gold and maroon. At the football games on Friday night, I'm bringing, you know, I'm in the cafeteria, I'm in the parking lot, I'm in the leaders meetings bringing refreshments, and I'm, you know, praying for these kids, and I'm doing all of this stuff. Young life. Yay, young life. I'm the poster boy for who you need to be as a young life leader. Me. And I can tell, Ashley's starting to notice. And so after a few months, I ask her out. Situation two, was I being a hypocrite? Matthew 6, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward for your fa- from your Father in heaven. Uh, your Bible might have acts of righteousness in quotes. Uh, that, was kind of a te- that was a technical term for sacred duties that Jews were to perform. And the next three things that we're going to read about, prayer, fasting, and giving, were the three most sacred of these acts of righteousness. So if you were a devout Jew, these next three things that we're about to read are things that you would do. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, 
to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. When you fast, don't look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show men their fasting. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, that it will not be obvious to men that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Um, we're not going to spend a ton of time looking at the at giving, praying, and fasting, because I think if Jesus was in this room today trying to make the point that I think is the point of this passage, I don't think he would talk about giving, praying, and fasting. I don't think he would use that for us. There might be some other churches in Marietta where this would be the case, but I don't think it's the case for us particularly. I, I'm going to hit these things real fast just to help kind of give you a picture for what Jesus is talking about, and then I'm going to try to make a different point of application. So, giving, praying, and fasting, we just mentioned those are these three sacred duties that the Jews were supposed to uh, perform. And what Jesus is saying is when you do these things, these acts of righteousness, these are all good things. No one's going to deny that these are good, right, holy things. When you do these things, Jesus says in 6.1, which is the theme for the whole thing, don't do it so people will see you. If the reason you're doing it is for other people to see you, well, that's the only reward you're going to get. We've talked about this before in the New Testament. It's pretty clear that God will reward us for what we've done on the earth. Now, entrance into the kingdom of God, eternal life, however you want to say that, is a gift. That's not a reward for anything. That's a gift that we're given by God. He graciously invites us in. However, or and, I guess maybe better than however, God will also look at what you've done and what I've done on earth And he's going to reward us. I don't know what that is. I don't know if he's going to give us candy or money or what he's going to do. But he's going to give us something for the good stuff that we've done. You can look in 1 Corinthians 3, um, around about 8 through 14, and you can see that. Where it talks about the stuff that you've done is either going to be burned up on the way to heaven, or it's going to be like gold and silver, and God will reward you for that. Again, I don't know what that looks like, but that's it's in there. Sometimes we get hung up because... It sounds like we're earning things. You're not earning your salvation, but it does make your life here on earth count because God's going to reward you for the things that you've done and said. So anyway, what Jesus is saying is these acts of righteousness, these good things that you are doing, giving, praying, fasting, if the reason you're doing them is for people to see them, well, you don't get a reward. It's kind of like that stuff doesn't make it to heaven. The reward that you got was people saw you because that's why you did it. You wanted people to see you and they saw you, so that's, that's it. Case closed on that. So giving, apparently the, the, the collection box was shaped like a trumpet. And the picture here is you know, they didn't have checks and 
paper money. Everything was coins. And so the picture here is people walking by and throwing their money in really loudly into this trumpet-shaped collection box so everybody would know. Deep pockets just dropped in a lot of money or whatever. So that's the picture of the first one. And Jesus is saying, you don't do that. Don't make a big ruckus over your giving. It needs to be done privately. Prayer at 9 and noon and 3 in the afternoon, Jews prayed um, what's called the 18 benedictions is what they prayed. And I think it was maybe similar to what you see in um, Muslim countries now where there's the, the deal goes over the minaret and everybody turns and faces Mecca and prays these prescribed prayers. That's what was going on. And if you weren't in the temple, what you were supposed to do is stop wherever you were, turn towards the temple, and you prayed these prayers. What Jesus seems to be saying is there were people who would purposefully arrange their day so that they were on the square at 9 and 12 and 3. Or so they were at the uh, busy intersection at 9 and 12 and 3 so everybody could see them pray. And he talks about babbling. Apparently they went beyond just the prescribed prayers of these 18 benedictions and they just kept rambling and going and, and trying to impress people with their prayers, how long they prayed and how much they prayed. So that's what's going on in the second. People are trying to be seen praying. And then the thing with fasting, uh, Jews fasted on the Day of Atonement, and there were some other times when they would. And apparently these guys were putting ashes on their forehead so everybody would know, and they looked ragged, maybe they didn't, they didn't wash themselves that day, so everybody would know, hey, so-and-so is fasting. Look how spiritual they are. And Jesus says you need to wash up. You washed before a meal. So he's saying you just need to wash up so people don't know that you're fasting. The point is not to keep what you're doing secret from other people. That's not the point of these three things. These three things. It'll kill you. If you start trying to figure out how do I give so my left hand doesn't know of my right hand, you can't do that. The, the point is, are you doing what you're doing so people will see you? That's what Jesus is getting at. If you are, you're a hypocrite. That's what he calls them. You're a hypocrite. So back to my original scenario. Your choices are, I was a hypocrite only with less, only with Ashley, or with both. Got it? Who says I was a hypocrite only with less? Nobody. Who says I was a hypocrite only with Ashley? You can't. You were at the earlier service. That's cheating. Who says I was a hypocrite with both? Lots of non-participators in this group is what I see. If this is a sample size on uh, Tuesday, I'm not going to have any problems standing in line. Um, I would say, this is my opinion. You can disagree. I was only a hypocrite with Ashley. I was a liar to less, but I wasn't a hypocrite. And they're different. A lot of times, that's the haymaker people throw at Christians. You guys are all hypocrites. I don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. And they're talking about us. We're hypocrites. And the question I want us to ask today is, are we? Specifically, I want you to ask yourself, am I a hypocrite? If you read through, particularly Matthew, Matthew's more focused on hypocrisy than any other book in the entire Bible. There's a, there's a chunk in Matthew that talks about hypocrisy that you don't see anywhere else. You can go and look at Matthew 23. He gives, they're called the seven woes to the Pharisees, and he's just hammering these guys for being hypocrites. You don't see him, you don't see Jesus treating anybody else the way he treats them. There's, he catches the woman caught in adultery gets off better than hypocrites. Zacchaeus, who was robbing his people blind, gets off better than hypocrites. The thief on the cross, who's being, who's being killed for his crimes gets off better than hypocrites. The woman at the well who's been married at least five times, or four times, five times, living with someone who's not her husband, 
gets off better than the hypocrites. People who are demon-possessed get off better than hypocrites. There's something about hypocrisy that puts it in an entirely different category than all these other things. And what we need to figure out is, well, am I one? Because Jesus says, woe to the hypocrites, and you don't want a woe from God on you. That's not what you want. You can read Revelation, and there are these things called the three woes, and they're nasty. That's not the... You don't want to stand under that. So we need to figure out, am I standing under that? Am I a hypocrite? Because if it's the case, then I'm under the woes, and the woes are really bad. So how do I get out from under that? That's what we're going to talk about this morning. When I was thinking with, with those two scenarios, I would say I was a hypocrite with Ashley because the way Jesus seems to understand hypocrisy is not sinning, it's pretending. You know this, the word for hypocrite comes out of the theater, and it means play acting, putting on a mask. I was pretending with Young Life. I was pretending to care about these kids. I was pretending to be in this ministry, all because I wanted to get near her. With less, I was just a jerk and I lied, which is different. I think there's some confusion on that point. I can stand up here all day long and tell you lying is wrong because this says lying is wrong then I can go out and lie, and that doesn't make me a hypocrite. It makes me a liar, which is different. I can tell you stealing is wrong because this says stealing is wrong, and then I can go out and steal, and it doesn't make me a hypocrite. It makes me a thief. Not following the law perfectly makes, doesn't make someone a hypocrite. It's not about sin, necessarily. Look at the things Jesus is talking about. Acts of righteousness. Good things that don't genuinely reflect what's going on in people's hearts. That's hypocrisy. Serving in young life is a wonderful thing. I was a hypocrite because of the reason I did it. I was putting on a mask, pretending to love these kids, pretending to be into this ministry, and that's not what was really in my heart. What was in my heart was her phone number or something like that. And what Jesus would say to me is, you got the reward. The reason you did young life was to get near her. Well, you you got near her. That's it. That's not one of the things that's going to follow me to heaven. Whatever I get, I don't get a candy bar for serving in young life from God because it it doesn't make it to him. I've already gotten my reward here because my reasoning, the reason why I got into it was wrong. We talked about this a little bit last week with what's really in your heart. So hypocrisy, again, I would say with Ashley, not with less. For us, I don't think any of these things that we talked about are necessarily applicable. I don't think any of you necessarily are going to put on a mask based on publicly praying, publicly giving, or publicly fasting. If anyone in the room is going to struggle with those, it's going to be me because of my job. I'm going to be the one that's going to be tempted to do things publicly that look spiritual and religious, I would say. Maybe some of you, but in general, I would say that's my deal, probably more than anyone else. I think there's probably some different things that Jesus would say to us. And it wouldn't necessarily be a mask of righteousness. This might sound corny. I think it would be a mask of all rightness. That's the mask that most of us put on. It's not acts of righteousness that we do so people think we're more spiritual than we are. It's smiley faces and I'm fines when we're not. We, put, we project that everything's okay when it's not. That's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. Not me telling less I, I'm busy. It's when he says, how are you doing? And I say things are good and my marriage has fallen apart. That's hypocrisy. I projected 
something out here that's not real in here. You got it? That's play acting. It's putting on a mask. It's pretending. Whatever you want to say. That's what Jesus is reaming these guys for. It's not because they sinned a lot. These guys followed the law better than anybody has ever followed the law. He's on them because they're projecting. They're doing these acts of righteousness and they don't reflect a changed heart. They're doing them for the wrong reasons. And I think what he would say to us, again, it's not that we're doing religious things for the wrong reasons. I think that might happen in other places. But if, if the reason you're here, maybe other, other places it might be something where folks might go to a church because it might help them socially or with their business. If you're here for those reasons, you found the wrong place. We're not going to help you that much socially. Some people might give for a tax deduction. There's nothing wrong with getting a tax deduction. That's smart. If that's the reason you're giving, well, then that's your reward. Your reward is what you're going to get on your tax return. You're not going to get any... That doesn't make it to heaven. You don't get candy bars for that. You get the tax break. Which, again, it's not bad to get that, but if that's your whole motivation. Some people give so they can control things. Again, that, well, that's all you're going to get. You're going to get influence. That stuff's not going to get to the Lord. But again, with our crowd, kind of who we are as a body, I don't necessarily see those things as the issue. I don't see a lot of people here doing religious things in order for what it does for them, socially or in business or any of that, trying to control. I don't see that happening for us, what I see happening. I think it's very easy where we live is we put on a mask that says we're okay when we're not okay. And that's hypocrisy. And again, I want you to remember, Jesus says, woe to the hypocrites. Not to make you feel guilty, but this is a real deal here. Woe to the hypocrites. He doesn't say, woe to the adulteress. He doesn't say, woe to the thief. He doesn't say, woe to Zacchaeus, who's ripping off his people. He doesn't say, woe to the woman at the well. He says, woe to the hypocrites. That's a, that's a thing that we need to own if that's us. And I think it's very easy where we live to fall into hypocrisy. I don't think people do it out of evil intent or malice, wickedness. I think it's just easy where we live to fall into this putting on a mask. We learn the first time we're on the playground, we learn what we need to do so we're not the kid who's picked on. And that's kind of the pattern that we continue all through life. What do I need to be? Well, that's what I'm going to be. We're, we're chameleons. We, we change based on the circumstances. So just real quick, let me hit a couple of things, and then we'll take communion and be done. I was thinking about with us as a, as a body, and I think uh, hypocrisy, sometimes people see hypocrisy. The opposite of hypocrisy is not perfection. The opposite of hypocrisy is authenticity. And so that's what we want to be going for. It's not, again, saying that we're never going to sin. That's no. It's saying that we're choosing to be real instead of putting on a mask. And the reason woe is the hypocrite is because God deals in reality. He doesn't deal in pretend. God doesn't mess around with Halloween costumes. He deals with people. And people can be a really big mess, but if they'll own it, he can fix it. It's when we pretend to be something that we're not, that it, that's why there's a woe there. It's woe because you can't receive God's grace. He doesn't deal with masks, and he doesn't deal with pretend, and he doesn't deal with imaginary, and he doesn't deal with made up. He deals with real. He would say, I would rather you be a real prostitute than a pretend Sunday school teacher. 
I can deal with this. I can't deal with this because there's nothing there. It's fake. And God is reality. And so for us, the issue is, are we projecting something out here that's fake? And if we're projecting, it's good. Most of us don't project things that are bad. We project things that make us look better than what's really going on. And again, I don't think we do it out of malice. There are all kinds of reasons. We don't have time to talk about them. Sometimes we do it out of fear because we want to please other people because we're scared of how folks react, whatever, whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter. The question is, are you doing it? Do you put on a mask? The holidays are coming. Great time to put on a mask. We all got to get together with our families. And, you know, if you came from a, you know, family that was dysfunctional on some level, it's easy when you get back together just to, just to go back into whatever mode you were in. I'll just act like I was 10 again and I'm the middle kid and you're the baby and you're the oldest. And, you know, we're just going to do this and get through Thanksgiving and then get home. And that's easy during the holidays to do that. And I think that's a... If you tend to put on masks, you're going to do it over the holidays, I would say. You've got a couple of chances in the next eight weeks to do that. And I say that would be a telling thing for you if you are a hypocrite. And if you are a hypocrite, and a lot of us struggle with that, if you do struggle with hypocrisy, the way you get out of it is easy. You just choose to be real. That's it. You choose authenticity. The opposite of hypocrisy, again, it's not perfection. It's authenticity. So if you're pulled, if you're drawn to putting on a mask, if that's something that comes easy to you, if you're in situations where you tend to do that, you tend to kind of chameleon and become whatever people want you to be, choose authenticity. That's it. You just choose to be who you are. Now, you may say you can't do that with everybody, and I'd say, all right, start with two or three. Find two or three people who you can be genuine with, who you can be real with. I'm not saying people who you're going to sit down and catalog your sins. That might be step one, but this is deeper than that. This is where you really share who you are, the things you struggle with, the things you're scared of, the things that you're excited about, all of that stuff. There has to be a place where it comes out. Husbands and wives, that's great, but I think that's not it. You need somebody, I would say guys, guys, girls, girls, somebody in addition to your spouse, two or three people in addition to your spouse who really know you, who you're choosing to be authentic with. If you don't have that, the pull towards hypocrisy, especially where we live in the South, where it's super easy to be kind and polite to people, to be nice to people, to have relationships that never really get deep. You can know somebody for 25 years and really not know anything about them. It's easy where we live to have, to main, it's easy to put on a mask where we live. It's difficult to choose authenticity because our culture doesn't necessarily value that. It takes time. There's risk involved. You got to share. What if they, burn you, what blah, blah, all of those things. So the easiest thing is just to default to being fake. Well, what do I got to be in this relationship? And we figure out what we've got to be, and that's what we do. If you struggle with that, and most of us do, choose to be real. Find two or three folks who know who you are. Some of you are married, and there are things that your spouse doesn't know about you, and you need to take care of that. There are secrets that you've never even told your spouse. Come on. When the two become one, that means all of it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. So you've got to share that and just deal with it. You've got this tape playing in the back of your mind. If they ever knew what I did or who I was or whatever, they'd you've got to get it out there. The enemy loves, he lives in the darkness and secrets are dark and that's where he, that's a playground for him. So that's one thing. I think for most of us though, it's not necessarily secret keeping. It's that we just avoid other people. We avoid significant relationships and you have to make a choice to be real. You can choose to get together with folks for two or three hours a week where you're supposed to be talking 
and sharing yourself and still not doing it. At some point, you've got to make a choice. It never comes naturally. I'll say that to you. Never comes naturally. It's always an intentional choice to open yourself up and let somebody in. It's never easy, and it never just is part of the conversation. Oh, by the way, let me share my deepest, darkest struggles with you. That never, there's no lead into that. It's an intentional choice that you've got to make. And there's, there is a huge risk involved. Because once you've done that, then they know you and you're exposed. And there, there is a big risk. We're going to talk in a couple of weeks about that passage where Jesus says, don't cast your pearls before pigs. And so you don't need to be throwing your stuff out to everybody, but there needs to be somebody who knows what's going on with you. And again, it's not just bad stuff, although that's the beginning for a lot of us. That's what keeps us from being genuine and authentic. That's what forces us into hypocrisy, or hypocrisy is the bad stuff, because we're afraid, well, if everybody knew, then blah, blah, blah. We already know. Nobody in here thinks you're perfect anyway. So go ahead and let us know why. I would say choose two or three. And then the second thing in those groups, the thing to practice is confession. And again, I don't just mean going through your list of sins for the week. It's really sharing your heart. Jesus says if we confess our sins to God, we're forgiven. When we confess to one another, we're healed. There's an element of wholeness that will never come unless you've shared who you are with other people. And again, it's not everybody, it's two or three. There's got to be some folks who know what's going on with you and they become a channel of God's grace for you to be healed. Apart from that, you can be forgiven because that's this way. That's just you and God and He takes care of that. You can never be healed without bringing those things to people. And again, I'm not just talking about a list of sins. That's maybe what's going through your mind. I'm talking about everything that's in here. Who you are has got to be out here. We say all the time that we live out of our hearts. Hypocrites don't. They choose to not live out of their hearts. They put on a mask. And you can only maintain that for so long. At some point, that whole thing breaks down. And the fight against that, the way to fight against that, is for you to have two or three folks who you are making an intentional choice to cultivate an authentic relationship with. And that's it. Then it's not woe to you because you're not a hypocrite. You might be a mess, but you're a mess that's real and God can deal with a real mess. He can't deal with a pretend person who says everything's okay. You've cut yourself off from God's grace. God can't use you in the life of someone else because he doesn't use costumes. He uses real people. And you've cut yourself off from his grace into your own life because he doesn't fix costumes. He fixes real people. So that's it. It's pretty simple. Are you a hypocrite? Just ask. You may be, you may not be. And if you are, it's nothing to go beat yourself up over and wail and moan. All you have to do is choose. I'm going to choose authenticity and begin to do that. There will be temptations to be a hypocrite this week, and I would say don't give in. Choose to be real. Choose to begin to live out of who you are, whether it's a mess or not. Because that's stuff God can work with. You guys can come back up. We're going to take communion to close. And uh, we'll have some ministry teams at the side or in the back if you want prayer about any of this stuff. If you're helping with communion, if you pat, if you come. What we're going to do this week, instead of passing it through the rows, we're just going to have stations up in the front. And just you'll rip off a piece of bread and dip it in the juice and then... Take it. There'll be a station over here and then one over here, and y'all can just come up how you want. You don't have to come up in rows if you don't want to. You can just do it as you want. And then there should be a prayer team in each of these back corners if you have anything that you want prayer for. If you guys can stand, I'll pray, and then we'll take communion.
God, we don't want to be hypocrites. We want to be real. Even if it's a real mess, God, we want to be real. We don't want to be folks who are kind of in this, under this woe category. That's, that's not good. So, Lord, if there are any of us in this room who are pulled towards hypocrisy for whatever reason, God, I pray that this morning you would pull us back, that in this room decisions would be made to choose authenticity. God, I pray even as we sing this last song that you would put names in the minds of the folks, all of us in this room. Who are we supposed to be that's such a big deal? Who? I pray that you would begin to show us who that is. If it's people we've been friends with for a long time, people we've fallen out of touch with, people that we've only just met. God, that you would begin to show us who you want us to connect with, who you want us to live life with. God, I pray that in this group, we would choose authenticity over hypocrisy. God, if, if they're going to say the church is full of hypocrites, I pray we could say, well, you should come. We might be a mess, but we're real. Not for the sake of anything other than that opens us up to receive your grace and to be channels of your grace to others. God, as we take communion and think of all of the things that that communion represents, all of the benefits of your death and resurrection are available to us. Forgiveness, power, love, peace. God, you know what's going on in the lives of everybody in this room. And I pray as we take communion, whatever is needed, I pray, would be given. Everything that's needed would be given. In Jesus' name.